Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT. You're with Jeremy now on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Jim Warfare at tntradio.live. That's my email address. As always, send me an email. I'll try my best to answer, I promise. We are live streaming video now, YouTube, Rumble, uh, wherever. I've just gone to TNT's website. All the links are there. Jump into the live chat, say hi. As always, tell me where you are watching or listening from. Uh, I'll be with you for the next hour with uh, Alex and Joel, who are making sure that uh, I'm coming through somewhat professionally. <laughs> with that in mind, Alex, let's do this. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about. Vilifying MAGO if it's not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Calls are making news great again. <laughs> Thank you for joining me in the trenches. <laughs> wow, we're, we're on video now. This is like for jumping from a 2D world to a 3D world. Well, thank you for inviting <laughs> me, Jeremy. <laughs> Don't you think technology is great? I mean, video, who would have thought that we could do something with video in the year 2023? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Across the continent, you know, from Bali to South Africa. Yes, and of course, Joel and uh, uh, Alex are in Australia. I mean, that's incredible. Indeed, indeed. But we're going to talk about United States. Not, o- yeah, USA not, not Australia. One, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk because USA number one, you know, that's so we have to talk about USA. And there's so much things going on right now. Um, so well, there was one news. Yes. Go ahead. I, I was going to ask you if you like garlic. <laughs> <laughs> I love garlic, man. I'm Chinese. <laughs> so I, I just saw this headline. The U.S. Senator from Florida, Rick Scott, said the Chinese garlic is a national security issue for the United States. <laughs> it really took me a second to think this through. But how does what? the garlic a national security issue? So I thought, okay, in China, traditionally, we use the garlic to ward off the evil spirits. Right? I'm like, okay, that makes sense because vampires hate garlic, right? That's why the US no, congressman. No, 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 you, you're lying. You know, Carl, you, no, that, this isn't a real story, surely. Oh, <laughs> is it a real no, story? No, that is a real story. He, <laughs> he literally said Chinese garlic is a national security issue. Well, he said because uh, for citing example from YouTube videos, he said, the Chinese, they, they grew the garlic with human feces and sewage, which is completely <laughs> made up because the, the McGill University released a report says there's no evidence the sewage was used. And, uh, and, 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 and just going back to, okay, so people talk about organic farming, organic produce. What do yeah. people think that magic organic material come from? You know, like in the old times, it's all like manure and feces. And and this is why, like in people, places <laughs> in China or Asia, we cook our vegetables. We cook everything. You know, you, you, you cook your pork, you cook your vegetables. Uh, that's why one of the biggest cultural shock 
for me when coming to United States when I was 13 was like, holy crap, people just eat like raw vegetables. What's wrong with these people? But, but you know, that that's it's it's culture. It's culture tradition. You know, in China, you cook everything. You drink boiled water, right? A lot of older Chinese folks that still drink boiled water. But I, I understand about the garlic issue now you know it's really because the vampires are scared of garlic <laughs> right so so this is why this is the real reason why the u.s congressman is complaining about garlic and, and, and speaking about the u.s congress uh they just passed a bill that equate anti-zionism with anti-semitism you know i i used to say the u.s i used no, to say the u.s congress <laughs> I like to say the U.S. Congress has the best politician money can buy. I don't know if I can say that anymore. I think that's an anti-Semitic statement now. You know, <laughs> just saying that make me an anti-Semite. And, uh, and and I don't I don't know if you heard uh, Joe Biden recently. He was uh, speaking uh, at a Hanukkah uh, holiday uh, uh, event, and he said, uh, "You don't have to be a Jew to be a Zionist. I am a Zionist." So I guess that means now if you're anti if you're anti-Zionist, you're anti-Semite, because Joe Biden is a Zionist. If you're anti-Biden, now you're anti-Semite, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're all anti-Semites now. You know, the, the U.S. Congress just just declared millions of people around the world are anti-Semites, and now 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 I'm probably in trouble. You know, like Carl is like now now. <laughs> You know what's crazy? Now, now though, I'm is, on the I, same level as. Now I'm on the same level as Kanye, yeah. Kanye West, basically. <laughs> I can't get past the fact though that this is supposed to be the world's superpower, right? And Joe Joe Biden is supposed to be the most powerful man in the world. He falls upstairs. He can't speak in full sentences. And I mean, here we in Africa, we've got pretty useless leaders, and that was the one thing that we were proud of. Like, <laughs> the one thing that we are winning. You know, the one race that we are winning is the world's worst leaders. <laughs> now, now America can't even let us have that victory. <laughs> Jeremy, USA number one, okay? USA <laughs> number one in everything. I mean, he's, he's a, this is the world's most powerful man, right? The leader of the free world. He, he was at the Hanukkah holiday uh, speaking event, and he said, you know, the, the the Hamas attack, which which happened sixty five years ago, and my father, my father, he said, my father <laughs> walked into the kibbutz. Are <laughs> sure Joe Biden's father is not alive? And, and, and this this is a man that we are trusting with like the the, the key to the nuclear weapons. It's uh. And and now he wants four more years. I mean, this, this is great. This is great for great for comedy material, right? Are we living like a comedic madhouse? Uh, but back to I, you, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what did he say recently? There was another thing that he said recently. But while I'm trying to remember that, Kamala Harris. Did you see? Did you see what she said <laughs> about about oh, it? Doesn't matter if it has happened. Time? What is? She... Well, it, if if something, like what she... what did she say? Exactly. What does she say? I mean, most of the time, <laughs> she says she can she can talk about five minutes and still have no idea what he's 
say it's all about vibes you know no what did she say she said something about even if even if we have seen it or we haven't seen it doesn't mean that it hasn't happened yet (laughs) exactly what does that even mean it's like uh, it's a moment like he was she was saying something like it's about the moment in time what are you talking about you are the vice president of united states you will become the president of the united states if Joe Biden croaked, and, and which is a real possibility given his mental <laughs> state, and, and this is what we're, the best we're working with, and and or, or, or Biden said something else. He was uh, so he he he's is always talking about his uh, you know back in the day his uh, his familiarity with Chinese President Xi Jinping, but this time he said. Oh, I was walking. He he keeps on talking about like how I walk with Xi Jinping in the Himalayas for like I don't know twenty thousand miles. And and but this time he said I was walking with Deng Xiaoping in the Himalayas. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was he was the president in the eighties. <laughs> Deng Xiaoping is dead for like twenty years. And, and then I mean like you would think you know like Joe Biden at least know that difference between Deng Xiaoping and Xi Jinping who he claimed he spent a lot of time with had a, had a great personal rapport uh, and, and and he's calling him by another man's name but anyway the, enough about Joe Biden well, no, well, we can go on all day about Joe Biden <laughs> but you know what's sad you'll, though you'll be the Joe Biden show yeah <laughs> what, what's sad though is that he really there is something wrong with him and it's sad that they that they aren't removing him. They aren't recalling him. They're just pushing him into the <laughs> into the press conferences. I mean, he I can't mean, speak he, properly. He, he's a perfect foil because this guy half the time he he's not coherent. It's like the perfect uh, plausible deniability. It's like, oh no, he doesn't really mean what he said. Um, you know, he, he's he's a puppet. Nobody thinks he's actually pulling the strings, right? I mean, like. Uh, you know, he, they just roll him out to, to, to speak and then then they, they will they will backtrack and, and say, oh, no, he meant something else. But which is great because they can always, uh, you know, change change the script and say he doesn't mean it. He's, he's, he's just a senile old man. <laughs> we got this under control. Trust us, folks. Trust I can guarantee state. you. <laughs> give it two weeks and uh, Biden's going to make a statement saying that he, that he flew in the IDF. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's 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 possibly so real i mean like that's uh yeah well that's where we are today oh. it's uh it's, it's sad but i mean all, in all seriousness i wonder what i wonder what xi jinping and you know putin are actually thinking i mean i saw them recently hanging out and i mean they're actually real leaders yeah i mean i, I that you can't see that when uh, Xi Jinping or Putin visiting other countries. You know, Putin was getting like the red carpet treatment in UAE in Saudi Arabia. Xi Jinping was recently in in, in Vietnam. You know, there are they are being seen by most of the world, which is eighty five percent of the world that's outside the United States and its vassal states in Europe as the real leaders leading the change that's why when xi jinping went to moscow and met putin and he said we are seeing changes that haven't uh, haven't happened for a hundred years and you and i are driving that change together and when he said that that was powerful because 
that actually meant something. As opposed to Biden, you know, he he says something and he forgets the next minute. So I mean, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> this is what we will work with, guys. What do you think is going to happen though in in the next election? Uh, well, I mean, United States number one, uh, which is greatest democracy in the world, which offered <laughs> its voters a plenty of choices. You either have Biden. <laughs> Or you have Trump, you know, and that's the only choice I'm going to get. Because, I, I mean, RFK was at one point in time present a, 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 a possible, a possible third party candidate uh, material. But I, I don't I think he lost a lot of credibility uh, recently, especially given the Israeli-Palestine conflict. And he came out to be like hundred percent pro Israel. So he is losing a lot of a uh, lot of support from that because a lot of people supported RFK because he originally represented the anti-war voice. That's not Trump, <laughs> you know, because Trump is also anti-war. But but there's there's people who, who don't like Trump, so they can still choose RFK. But then RFK just showed himself he's really no different than other USA politicians. They just say the same lines it's like uh you know like like most recently the un just came out with a resolution calling for ceasefire in palestine i mean un resolution it's the most toothless piece of paper you know that like <laughs> nobody takes un resolution seriously it's certainly not israel i mean even something like that united states couldn't even bring itself to just to abstain from the vote you know they don't have to they don't have to vote yes. They just have to abstain, and and yet they no. They have to go against the trend. Uh, U.S. was one of the only ten nations that voted no to the U.S. UN resolution calling for uh, ceasefire. And, and this is, I mean, I mean, the the rest of the world is not looking to U.S. for leadership at this point because they they, they see Biden on the podium and they're like, holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, I think they are looking to the east now, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, you are, right now, uh, all the all the U.S. project that has launched under Biden administration, the Ukraine war against Russia, that that's failing, and and U.S. Congress is right now is ready to pull the plugs on funding Ukraine. I mean, that's going to send some messages to other U.S. vassal states all around the world, like. Taiwan is going to look at Ukraine and it's like, holy crap, these guys just got them, like, half their male population wiped out for what? Right? I mean, like, who who would be stupid enough to try to be the next Zelensky, to try to serve as U- U.S. palm in a, a deadly pro- proxy war when, like, after a couple of years, they just cut you off? Because... Let's face it, neither Taiwan nor uh, nor Ukraine is going to be able to compete with Israel, the golden child. Israel is a golden golden boy of the United States. All the resources U.S. have, that's going to go to Israel. They, there's not enough to go around. You know? They don't have enough artillery shells for Ukraine, and they're certainly not going to divert whatever ammunition that's going to ship to Israel currently to ukraine or or any mm-hmm. any any anywhere else you, you're just you're just never going to occupy the u.s the washington beltway imagination that the way israel does you know like you you, you nobody is going to come come even close there's no competition there so usa number one israel number two 
right now, it looks like Israel is number one because because yes. Israel is calling all the shots, and and, and, and the, the U.S. politicians like how high, you know, like Israel says jump, all the congressmen says how high, and 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 this is uh and this is a big disconnect in U.S. itself because if you survey after survey shows like seventy percent of the population uh. One in U.S. wanted ceasefire, yet the Congress. I think the problem is the U.S. Congress and U.S. politicians. They're still stuck in the 80s and 90s, and because that's when what Biden still had his mental faculty. <laughs> he was his peak years was back in the 80s and 90s, and that's a world he remembers. And you know, like that, they just still think they're functioning in that world. But the, the world yeah. has already moved to 2023, and, <laughs> and now we have this kind of disconnect. You know, you, they, they need to get off with the with the internet age here. Yeah, Biden still thinks that uh, playing Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer for his for his grandkids is all, all current and happening. <laughs> 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 Carl, I'm going to quickly go to a break. I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jim. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. The double standard is out there. It's so obvious. It's so frustrating. Eric Holder gets held in contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena. Nothing happens. Obama's DOJ didn't pursue it. Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro defy a congressional subpoena. Joe Biden's DOJ criminally prosecutes them. Criminally prosecutes them for defying a congressional subpoena. And now we've got congressional subpoenas of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the resident's brother. And guess what? Nothing's going to be done by Merrick Garland, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's DOJ. That's right. I said Barack Obama. Obama's the shadow president. He's not the one pulling the strings. He wasn't pulling the strings in his own administration. You know, Valerie Jarrett was his minder. Where is the Iranian-born Valerie Jarrett these days? Haven't seen or heard much of her. It's because the Democrats are smart. Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. I was such a young age. Everything changed. My name is Chloe. When I was 13, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. When I found out, I just didn't know how to react. I felt like everything was just kind of closing in on me. It just became a routine. Dad's doing chemo. I'd come home from school, wait for mum to finish work, and we'd go straight to the hospital, spend a few hours there, just draw. It was hard to navigate going to school. Hundreds of kids and I was the only one with a dying dad. He was diagnosed in March and then he died in October. Towards the end, I heard about canteen. It kind of felt nice to know that they had other people like me. They understood what I was going through and we didn't even have to chat about cancer. In 2020, I became a youth ambassador so I can help others the way they helped me. I've done so many things since I was 13. I've graduated high school, university, gotten my license, made a move across the country. Life now is just a whole lot more fun. Please give a gift today to support more young people like me experiencing cancer. Today's News Talk Radio. Now we're talking. TNT. Carl, uh, I read a, a funny, funny story that kind of it kind of links to the garlic. So this is this is an addition. Of course, we know that that Chinese eat dogs and the other one is eating babies. <laughs> so maybe the garlic goes well with that. <laughs> Salty. You gotta you gotta go with shang tea beans. 
Father. <laughs> Chang Tian Father. <laughs> <laughs> to, to add to add to the taste of the of the dogs and the babies i mean do people actually believe this nonsense oh, well i mean once you get asked that question work when i first came to us in 1990 it wasn't by like hostile people it's like by my like friends in high school they're like <laughs> we, heard, we heard people chinese people eat babies they're like what where did it's you hear a... this from? But this is fairly like an urban myth that 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 that's persistent. And and then you know it's always like some people pull out some like TikTok videos as a proof, and like it's I don't know, man. It's like that. It's like that Chinese eat bat story, right? Like I yeah. heard, <laughs> like the the whole thing started <laughs> as is this a Chinese uh, traveler? He went to Palau. You know, Palau is a Pacific island east of the philippines and it the palau uh, local dish of palau is actually the roasted uh, fruit bats that's a local delicacy so she made herself a tiktok video of her eating that bat so that video was what what went viral during the covid times and that that got <laughs> the whole chinese people eating bat story and, and it got so bad it, uh, get this the taiwan leader leader of taiwan Tsai Ing-wen, right she went to Palau and she actually uh, on her Twitter, she tweeted out her eating the bats. And then <laughs> by the COVID time hits, they realized, oh, that's really bad. <laughs> so the Taiwan Information Ministry went back to her Twitter to swap it out from her old Twitter feed. Uh, I mean, this is, but anyway, <laughs> the, I, I saw another. Um, U.S. congressmen, because, you know, U.S. politicians, they're the best, made of the best comedic material on earth. Uh, this is one is uh, Senator Ma Masha Blackburn, and she tweeted out two tweets in sequence. One, he, she said, I enjoyed my visit to National Chiang Kai-shek Memorial Hall in Taipei that remembers the works of President Chiang Kai-shek. And immediately following that, her next tweet is, we cannot back down to authoritarian leaders. I mean, like, <laughs> the tweet just came. For people who don't know who Chiang Kai-shek is, he is the authoritarian <laughs> leader on Taiwan for decades, right? I mean, but, but the, the thing is, she get away with that because much of her voter base in America, first, they don't know who Chiang Kai-shek is. And they they just, they thought, okay, Chiang Kai-shek probably means democracy because Taiwan is U.S. ally or something, right? I mean, this is what we're dealing with here because most most Americans don't have passport. The 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 the, the All the people who do have passport, the, the two country, most uh, country traveled to by American is Mexico and Canada. <laughs> so, so here you go, folks. <laughs> you know, you, I feel, this I feel why, bad this though. Is why you, this is why like you, the, the Chinese people eat baby stories and people will believe that because they, most of the people never been to China. <laughs> they, 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 they will believe whatever they heard on the internet. And, and of yeah. course, most reliable source of information, right? Germany internet. That's where I get all my information. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, but of course not in China though, because the Chinese government censors the internet one hundred percent. Exactly, exactly. So so if I'm in China and I'm tweeting, that means I'm actually employed by the Chinese uh, Ministry of Security. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm using their network to to tweet out. 
but uh, anyway, you you can you can just download a a VPN service before you go to China. I I uh, I'm not gonna say who my provider is because that will sounds like advertisement. <laughs> but the, I I that's what I do. I download a a, a VPN <laughs> service on my phone and I go to China use VPN service and, and I have not. Well, I did. I was called to the police office when I went to China. I, 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 this is a true story. So I, I was, uh, I, I, I was living. I was visiting my aunt. I, I vis. Uh, I stayed in my aunt's uh, house, and the next day we got a call from the local police department. I was like, "Holy crap! How did they know I was here?" And they're like, "Oh, they're probably because you're." A passport. You, you, my visa was a family visit visa. <laughs> and when I come to China, go through the custom, you have to tell them where you're staying. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. So we went to the police. So apparently, for all the foreigners or foreign passport holders, if you kind of stay in the home of a Chinese citizen, you have to register with the police. That's a that's a procedure. So so they were wondering why I've been in China for like more than twenty four hours and I didn't register. So I went to the police department. I filmed the whole my walk to the police station, <laughs> and then and then, but you know, no, they didn't bother me. They didn't stop me from filming, and they just say, hey, look. You, you need to fill out some paperwork, and uh, normally there's a fine, but we understand you probably didn't know the regulations, so we'll give you a slap, give you a warning, uh, don't do it again, and that's it. They register me, and that's it. That's so that that's yeah. my 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 brush with the Chinese authoritarian police in China. But the funny thing is, is that people <laughs> people seem to think that the Chinese government is just like this like superhuman collection of 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 unbelievably intelligent <laughs> individuals like they have ultimate control <laughs> over everybody but at the end of the day they're just essentially government employees like <laughs> like in every other country and there are so many more chinese people who are smarter than them <laughs> exactly i mean the, the way how it works in china is don't ask don't tell right i mean like <laughs> there's there's there are a lot of rules uh that says you, you shouldn't do this but if you don't, if you don't report it, nobody know you're violating the rules. I mean, it's it's mm. it's a lot of things happen in the gray area. I mean, this, this is actually how initially how China, Chinese economy took off to get away with a lot of the state state planning, straight jackets, you know, place on the economy because before there's rules, you can't do this, you can't own your private business, you can't do that. But then people are just start doing their own things and. Next thing you know, things are becoming opened up, and they they change the rules. <laughs> then later they change the rules, and it's legal. And, and but that's that's how most of the time it works in China. It's you you don't go to the police and say, "Sir, I am doing something illegal." <laughs> you, but no, I mean you you just you just go about your life, and pe people don't bother you about it. That's that, people think like the all the yeah. Chinese uh, police have these like. And tennis, you know, they they, they have like, like they can listen in everywhere. It's like a black mirror <laughs> with you know, drones, they, with they, drones they flying can, above them. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they have bugs in your room, you know, listening to your conversation. Like, like you know, half the time they don't understand English, right? <laughs> and then, and the last thing they want to worry about is some foreigner who you know whatever. It's like talking shit about Xi Jinping or something. English, English. That's right? actually that's so, actually yeah. the truth. Yes. So, I mean, somebody who's not Chinese, my understanding is essentially this. 
The, the only issues the Chinese government really has with internet usage is if you are trying to organize a protest, and that's okay. They, they don't like protests against them, right? Fine. Um, and they don't, they don't really want you talking smack about the president. Yeah, I mean, but if you're if you're if you're a non-Chinese person, I mean, like Chinese government don't have jurisdiction over you, right? I mean, like whatever you think about China, whatever Chinese government does, its impact is most primarily on the Chinese citizens living inside China. Like if you're a foreign passport holder, you know, I I'm not worried about Chinese government getting my data. You know, I, I'm not worried. I mean, the the worst happened. The worst thing that happened to me is. Like some Chinese telescammers got my somehow got hold of my WeChat information, and I keep <laughs> on getting call, these calls <laughs> in Chinese telling me I have a package in the in the Chinese consulate in Indonesia, which I immediately know is fraud because there's no reason I would have a package in the Chinese consulate in Indonesia. So, so they they. they Somehow they figure out I am Chinese, but they didn't know I don't have a Chinese passport. So there's no reason for me to go to the Chinese consulate. But anyway, so so this is uh yeah yeah for, and, and right now China actually relaxed the rules for uh foreign travelers. Uh, now there are they're 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 waiving uh visa for many countries, mostly European countries. Though, so I'm sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't know if South Africa. No, we can. On the list. We can. We're part oh, of yeah. BRICS. Ah, okay, okay. I didn't know, but mm. like, but what what I mean is, right now they have like a visa waiver. Like, you don't need mm. uh, you know, if, if you're from Malaysia, France, and Germany, you can just go to China without visa for thirty days. I oh, mean, that's that, great. That, yeah, that that's that's great. So, because right now they're trying to invite people to come back to China after COVID, um, uh, and and so 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 they're doing everything mm. like a transit visa. If you have a um, if you if you have a, a you can show an airplane ticket that you're going to for example you're going to Shanghai but you can show that you're leaving Shanghai after a week then you don't need visa they call it a six days transit visa so you don't need visa as long as you show that you're flying out of China at the end of six days so it's it's made super easy now and they they also mm. work out a deal where uh, you know Alipay now can link up with your um foreign bank accounts before you have to have a chinese bank account if you you want to use wechat pay or alipay and 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 mobile payment is super like easy in china but you if you don't it's a pain in the ass if you don't have a chinese bank account because my my dad he tried to get a chinese bank account and my cousin's like oh oh i got your hookup i know somebody in you know chinese bank will we'll, we'll hook you up it took us three hours three hours sure. to get him a Chinese bank. But now you don't have to go through that trouble. Now Alipay, you can hook up with your foreign credit card. Of, you know what, Jeremy, you and I, we need to do a China trip in the future. <laughs> I'm keen. I'll show you around. A, a friend of I'll mine is, is there right now. A South African friend of mine, he left last week. He's, he's right now in, in China. Uh, he's, <laughs> and I, I hope he makes it back, you know, with, with all that authoritarianism going on there. <laughs> We, we, you know, this is, uh, we should go there, just do like live streaming from Tiananmen Square, you know, like and, <laughs> and, and uh, live streaming to YouTube or something. I don't know, like uh, just just but, just look, the, what, what I'm trying to figure out is why China, why does the West, particularly USA number one, hate China so much? I, I'm, I can't figure it out. <laughs> I, I, you know, 
uh, a lot of the people in the U.S. when they talk about China, they're not even talking about the real thing. They're not even talking about the China, the real country. They're talking about projection of their own head. You know what China yeah. they think is, which is what they read, read in the mainstream news media, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they their idea of this bizarre world of China, which is what they're set against, uh, because they haven't really seen the real thing yet, and. And but but for a lot of the U.S. leaders, like U.S. elite, I think it's more about hegemony because U.S. has been the top dog for you know since World War II, and they cannot fathom a world where U.S. is no longer number one. And it looks like China is poised to take that number one spot. And for a lot of people, they just can't psychologically they can't take it. It's like uh, it's like oh no, you know we are supposed to be the the leader of the free world. We are the the big world's but you know best democracy. How can China overtake us? Only explanation: the Chinese cheated. They they are cheating. That's why they're, they're passing us. And not only are they cheating, they're also stealing everything from America. <laughs> they they stole the five G technology. That's why U U.S. does not have five G because Chinese. Stole it. <laughs> yeah. That's because Trump stopped um, uh, uh, Huawei. Huawei, yeah, I mean, like, uh, oh yeah, it, it, like they they are really going all out because Huawei released a consumer phone, a cell phone. They're like, U.S. is up now applying more sanction, tech sanction on China because they say it's a national security issue. Because of course, everything is a national security issue. Even garlic <laughs> is a national security <laughs> issue. <Garlic>. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything goes back to garlic. I'm sorry. What was? <laughs> I love garlic. <laughs> all, all roads lead to garlic. What was? What was that story? I think it was a BBC story where they were talking about China, and it had, um it was to do with the space mission or something. And the picture was a drone or a surveillance camera or something. <laughs> oh yes, do you remember that the surveillance camera on the moon? No, a surveillance, <laughs> a Chinese surveillance camera. On the moon. <laughs> Right. Damn, they, they, they got there before we did, you know? <laughs> That's our idea. We're going to put a surveillance camera there, but those are Chinese. And uh, yeah, I mean, right now, there's a lot of fear of the West being eclipsed by China mm. somehow, uh, which is really odd because if you really think about it, China has like what the world's almost 20% of the world's population, one mm. in every five person on this planet is Chinese. And why wouldn't China's economy be the number one? That, like, that to me is the natural order of the things, which you know China has held that spot for thousands of years. The only that recently eclipsed by the West after the West had its industrial revolution, you know, which only happened in like the last 200 years. And and now now after 200 years, China has caught up, China industrialized. So it's returning to natural balance of things by the sheer pop size of their population. China is going to come out ahead. And the U.S. is trying to do everything it can to slow down China's progress, which is not working yeah. because, you know, let let, let's face it, nothing U.S. has tried in the past five, six years has worked that much. You know, Ukraine war, it's not working. The sanction on Russia, it's not working. Sanction on China is not working. What it did is it forced 
the acceleration of de-dollarization, especially with the Russian sanction. And, and now, mm. now everybody's suddenly waking up. It's like, why do we you use U.S. dollar anymore when we buy everything made in China? <laughs> it's like you don't need U.S. dollars to import from China anymore. You can just pay them in RMB, and and then you know yeah. we ship them goods. So it, that's 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 when you know you have people like Marco Rubio guy really scared. He 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 actually said the dollarization is coming. It's uh, in five years, even if we want to place sanctions on the world, we can't because people are getting off the dollar. Well, that's the point, little Marco. That's the whole point is people are tired of the U.S. sanctions. Calls all. Be back with you momentarily. My name is Jerm. This is TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Apparently, the climate cabal is freaking out. From Al Gore to John Kerry and down to the oddest imported student radical, they're freaking out over the final text as the climate talks in Dubai near their conclusion. At issue is whether the outcome will call for the phase-out of fossil fuels or merely call for fossil fuel reduction and similar, as they put it, weasel words. Either term will leave nations with tons of wiggle room to avoid or delay destroying their economies through energy starvation. And that's the big question. Do you want to starve because you have no energy? Or do you want to continue to eat because you do have energy? Hmm, that is an interesting question. I wonder which one I would choose. As veterans of the UN climate process since the whole shebang began, taking a look at this, we've seen this play out before. No matter what happens, the conference officials will emerge bleary-eyed and proclaim a major victory, leaving it up to the rest of us to sort through what happened and figure it out. Often, as is likely this time, the conference ends in de facto collapse. In fact, Al Gore, that's right, the high priest, said that the conference is on the verge of complete failure because he wants fossil fuels phased out completely. <sighs> I wish Al Gore the best. I hope him a long life, but I wish his presence on the world stage would be phased out. If they could actually agree on that, then it would be a success. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, even if you're not in Dubai. It's the only weather you got. Most people are unaware that bad bacteria can grow quickly in food that's stored, prepped, or cooked incorrectly, and that can lead to food poisoning. To avoid bad bacteria, always make sure your hands and cooking utensils are clean. Keep raw meat and chicken away from food that won't be cooked. Run your fridge at or below 5 degrees Celsius and use a meat thermometer to ensure your meat's being cooked to at least 75 degrees Celsius. For more tips on keeping bad bacteria at bay, visit foodsafety.asn.au. Germ Warfare is Jeremy now on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Carl, I think my question earlier about not understanding the hatred towards Chinese from the American side of things was more, was, I think it's, it's a fact that people, at least in my anecdotal experience, particularly Americans, seem to, they seem to think that Chinese citizens are the same as the Chinese government, and they, they aren't able to separate the two. And this is a big problem because I've spoken to people many times um, and they think that, you know, eating a dog is a normal thing to do in China. But that's that's the same type of <laughs> of moronic attitude that I see about South Africa. Oh, you must have elephants and lions <laughs> walking around your house. I get that all the time. 
Jeremy, true story. Jeremy, like you are you are giving people way too much credit. You know, we're talking about like United States. They 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 don't even tell the difference between like the Chinese or the Vietnamese or the Japanese. Oh, yeah. or the Korean. <laughs> you think they're gonna tell the difference between Chinese people and the government? I mean, come on. That's like, well, what is that? That mean image. There's a mean image that there's a woman that says American people to put it. Is not very intellectual, to put it mildly. <laughs> I mean, that's that. That's the truth. That's the truth. It's like, uh, but 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 the thing is, American businesses actually doing gangbuster in China. Like in China, KFC. There's a KFC in every street corner, and of course, the Chinese KFC tastes better than American KFC because <laughs> they actually localize their cuisine. So they have all these. And they like, use <laughs> they use dogs and garlic. That's why. <laughs> more flavorful more flavorful i tell you and uh and uh, you know and, and and this is a sad thing is because as uh, you know like when i came out of the united states everything even american fast food tastes better like like american coca-cola tastes better outside the united states because back in u.s they use the high fructose corn syrup and here in indonesia they actually use the Coca-Cola is actually has real cane sugar. So, you know, this is why in America, people smuggle in Mexican Coca-Cola because the Mexican Coca-Cola has real sugar in it. <laughs> and, 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 and I, so I took my wife, I took my wife to US for the first time, uh, you know, this time because I, my wife and my kid hasn't seen my parents yet. And uh, so I took them to the American fast food restaurant, Carl Jr., because I have to take my, Song to Carl's Jr. and uh, and uh, my wife's like, oh my god, I can't taste the chicken. It's like this chicken is really tasteless. And I told her, it's like this. Is, you, you don't understand. In Indonesia, you raise the. How long do you raise a chicken? She's like, oh, about seven months. I, I told her, look, in America, the chicken goes from egg to your your dinner plate in forty three days. You know that, that that's yeah. the difference. That's what, you're tasting all the antibiotics and growth hormones, <laughs> whereas like Indonesia, you're actually tasting a real natural chicken. Uh, but but this is uh you know that's why I highly encourage people to travel, man. Like when you when you yeah. get out of U.S., get out of your country, whatever, you gain a whole brand new perspective. Well, one thing, the Coca-Cola might taste better, <laughs> and the McDonald's might actually taste better. Like like like. I, I tell you, Burger King, McDonald's in Bali, Indonesia tastes way better than than United States. I I must admit, I, I do feel sorry though for Americans because it sounds like it sounds like we we're slam dunking them the whole time. But I mean, I was in Amsterdam two months ago, and I was talking to some Europeans there, and they were like, "The the Americans are so stupid," because we were we were at a museum looking at some art. And uh, they couldn't, even, you know, and, and our tour guide was telling us how Americans can't even pronounce Dutch artists' names correctly. I mean, if you're going to go to, say, the Van Gogh Museum. Wait, wait. They expect them yeah. to pronounce the Dutch artist's name in Dutch correctly, like in Dutch <laughs> accent. I mean, come on. You're asking too much, people. Come on. <laughs> so, so technically. We're talking about te- a country that invented the freedom fries. Right, freedom. Right, Do you right. Remember that? <laughs> freedom <fries>. Yes. <laughs> so, so technically, it's it's. Um, if you're talking about the artist um, Van Gogh, it's actually not Van Gogh. It's technically Van Gogh or Van Van Gogh. That's the 
but it's difficult for a lot of people to say. <laughs> but yeah. but our tour guide said to us, uh, at least say Van Gogh. But no, the Americans they yeah. say Van Gogh. <laughs> yeah, Van Gogh. Yeah, that's American way, man. I, I didn't know there's another pronunciation. <laughs> she okay, actually said. Gogh, she I said. Think. Yeah. So, so so she said to me. So we, she says, I like Americans, but but when I take them on a tour of the museum, they don't know which artist I'm talking about when I say Van Gogh. <laughs> she she oh, says. She says I have to dumb down his name for for the for the yes. American tourists. You have to say Bengal. Bengal. Let me introduce you to our national treasure, Bengal. Then then they're like, oh, wow, wow, Bengal, wow. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's not it's not the Americans' fault. Um, I mean, it's it's media, it's media, it's propaganda. I mean, the. The machine, the establishment machine is very well oiled and it's extremely, it's extremely pervasive and persuasive in the United States. I mean, I traveled, so I, I went back to U.S., you know, after being away for four and a half years. Uh, I must say, like average people in U.S., average Americans on the street, they're, they're just as friendly as I remember. They're still very friendly. Uh, like in a personal person level, they are. I don't think they necessarily have hold out any animosity against China or Chinese people per se. Yeah. But they, like you said, they get force fed all these propaganda either by osmosis or these like blatant distortions from their media. So they they are led to believe like this bizarre world exists out there, which which only exists in the papers of New York Times. And and I, I, you're you're right. Like Mark Twain says, people are people who don't if you're if you don't read newspapers, you're uninformed. If you read the newspapers, you're misinformed. So <laughs> that's still true today in the United States. And and but but I mean I think a lot of people are waking up to the fact because the American yeah. mainstream media is losing a lot of credibility yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah. But the problem is China is so still so culturally distant. Um they even if they don't believe all the uh, the bullshit from the media on domestic matters or or on something that that they know well like Latin America, they will still believe everything media says about China because they don't have a frame of reference, you know, because most likely they have never traveled to China themselves. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's, it, it all stems back to the same thing. It's about where you get your information. I mean, that that whole COVID meme, you know, trust the experts. I like the the converse, trust the non-experts. I've, I've actually now got a, a, a bigger affinity to those who don't proclaim to be experts in anything. <laughs> and the, the thing is, when they say trust science, and they cite science as some kind of religions, like this yeah. science as like a new god you just believe. No, no, like the whole point of science is you have theory and you test it. You, you test your hypothesis and, and through testing to prove the validity of your theory. But most people don't understand that. The only thing they understand is, oh, what they learn in books, in schools, or, or from what the mainstream media tell them, that's science. You know, what the expert tell them, that's science. No, that's not science. Science is you propose a hypothesis, you you you, you go out in the field, you test that hypothesis, and to to either disapprove it or prove it. And, 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 and you, you can never really um, you, 
you can't and it's always like a theory is only true until the point where it gets disapproved so so but people a lot of people go through the schools they don't they don't really get that part about science discipline and that's another problem american public education system is a whole new new can of war because i went through that system myself so i can tell you you know most people come away with it you barely even learning the english language you know and so so you, you know don't don't expect too much don't expect too much you gotta you gotta talk to the to the people's level <laughs> it's so strange i mean yeah. As you know, I'm a, I'm also a cartoonist of what two decades now, and um, so I've got a lot of comic books um, around me, and uh, a famous French comic called Asterix and Obelix. Um, ah, I, I don't that. know. I don't know if you know it. Okay, all right. I, I did you it. know? Did you know that <laughs> that Asterix and Obelix is dumbed down for American audiences? They changed some of the names of the of the characters. No. Did you know that? If you don't believe no me, way. go look it up. No. Look it up on Wikipedia if you don't believe me. And Wikipedia is is a very, very unreliable source. But even Wikipedia says it's dumbed down. Well, I don't know if they say it's dumbed down, but they say the names are changed. But you can see that the names are easier to say. <laughs> but, but, but germs, you'll never get Americans to say Van Gogh, okay? <laughs> it's always going to be Van Gogh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just, I didn't make that rules, but it's always going to be Van Gogh for Americans. I w Sham, I wonder. I wonder what what the future is going to look like fifty years from now. What do you think? I mean, I mean, how do you think the world is going to look? Well, I wish I know. You know, I wish I have a crystal ball so I can go buy buy a lottery. But uh, I, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a very pertinent question because my son, my son currently, he has dual citizenship. Or he has uh, he received U.S. citizenship from me and, and Indonesian citizenship from his mother. But when he's but Indonesia does not recognize dual citizenship. So when my son reaches adulthood, so latest eight twenty one. He has to choose. He has to choose one passport. So <laughs> right now, most Indonesians would definitely choose a foreign passport. But I honestly mm. don't know. By the by, the time when my son is twenty one, you know, twenty years from now, whether he would choose American passport. I I, I can't tell you the the way things are going right now. I mean, U.S. is not on a on a trajectory <laughs> that's going up i mean and this, this is uh, i think everybody i kind of understand it <laughs> everybody understand us there's something wrong with uh, with this roller coaster but but they don't know how to fix it and and this is and and most of the american elite is not even bothered about fixing yeah. the trajectory they're just trying to get more money out yeah. of it for themselves and it and it's strange because I mean, someone asked me the other day. Well, we get asked often, actually, you know, uh, if if we would ever emigrate and if we were to emigrate from South Africa, where would we go? And make no mistake, South Africa is part of Africa, and it's an incredibly difficult place to live. It's not easy, right? It's but it's my home, so I, this is what I know, and I love it, and I have no desire to to leave. I loved being in Europe, but I'm not European. I am African. I'm born here, and my folks are, and so on and so forth. Um, so it's not it's not a culture that I can assimilate into. But what is interesting is I don't think America would be top of my list, despite the fact that it seems to be very free in many ways. I don't know how long that freedom will last. It doesn't look 
like a good trajectory at all. <laughs> and Europe too, by the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, 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 you'll be, you'll probably be labeled anti-Semite now, you know, according to the U.S. Congress, <laughs> oh, uh, you know. So but the only you, place you, I want to move to, the only place called that that we must move to is Israel. We, it's the only place in the world that that we must choose. <laughs> that's, that's the only place where we'd be safe, Jeremy. <laughs> 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 Biden, Joe Biden said that. Joe Biden said it's not for the Israel. The, the, no people, no Jewish people in the world will feel safe. Well, you, I'm like, wait, what are you saying? You're saying United States government is not going to protect <laughs> its own Jewish citizens? And I'm like, well, okay, he's got a point. US, U.S. government doesn't really care about its citizens, you know? Like, you're right, you're right, Joe Biden. You're totally right. U.S. government doesn't <laughs> care about its citizens. Unless have shit tons of money, you know <laughs> that that's that's the only people they care about. If you have shit tons of money, then then the rest they're just like workers, whatever, you know. But and I just want to say this now, as we as we come in for a closing, I don't dislike Americans. I'm sure American people, and I know many, are great people. The mockery is really at the establishment. It's at it's at the government. It's at the authorities. It's at those in power. You know, it's not the people themselves. No, I mean, definitely. Amer American people are just like people elsewhere yeah. in most part of the world. They just want to have a have a better life for their family, for their kids, have have better education for their kids, have health care, which their government is not giving giving them. And and they most of them also understand their government and their politician is screwing them, but they don't have a way out because their all politicians are hopefully. Hope, you know, hopelessly corrupt. And they all know this. That's why, you know, in a lot of American comedy shows, they, they laugh about it. <laughs> but that's all, they could, that's all they could do. And, you know, because let's face it, next year, I mean, I, I, I'm eligible to vote, but hey, who should I choose, Jeremy? <laughs> Trump or Biden? <laughs> <laughs> but at least, at least Americans don't eat garlic babies and dogs. <laughs> That's right. I mean, they should eat garlic. Though. Garlic is, is good for you. <laughs> garlic is great. I love garlic. <laughs> Carl, I love okay, garlic. we're running yeah. out of time. Let's quickly chat about how can I follow you? Uh, I am a prolific shit poster on Twitter. So go to uh, Carl's eyes, my handle on Twitter. Uh, you can find find me there. And uh, I do have a Patreon, uh, Silk and Steel podcast on Patreon, where I do a more serious work like Chinese history, you know, I do I do a China history uh, chronologically series, which right now I'm currently at 546 BC. So one day I will reach the present in another couple of thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Zoll, thank you for joining me in the trenches. Thank you, Jeremy. Man, what a laugh, Carl. Um, <laughs> this is the best way to, to, to go towards the end of the year. Um, all right. Thank you, Carl. Uh, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Joel, for uh, making us sound somewhat respectable. By the way, send me an email, germwarfare at tntradio.live. Uh, tell me what you thought of the show, uh, feedback, hate mail. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> if you want to call us anti-Semites, you're welcome to. I'll just forward those mails on to Carl. <laughs> um, and uh, listen, I think, I think there's going to be a little bit of a break between Christmas and New Year for a couple of days. Uh, so uh, just keep that in mind. But it is that time of the year now where it becomes a little bit silly. So don't expect too much seriousness from, from my show. 
I certainly have had a very serious year. We've had a lot of, of hardcore topics and I think I think we deserve a bit of laughter. Anyway, I'll catch you tomorrow. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Thank you.